From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you with us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. You can learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, I know we've got a deep dive coming up, but in the meantime, uh, we've got a little change in leadership at uh, LEBA this past week. Yeah, we uh, announced a change in our board chair. Uh, Every year we have a new board chair. Um, This year during the middle of the year we had a bit of a switch so uh joe fry is who is our vice chair is going to step in and be our chair and that's our general succession plan we have somebody come in and they serve as vice chair chair of the board for a year and then serve as our advisory committee chair which is our past board chairs so we're excited to have joe as our new board chair he has been a leba member for a long time many years he's uh been, he owns Triumph, Triumph Home Health Supplies, uh, which this is his 20th year as a business owner with that uh, company. So good business owner, local business, and uh, really been an active member of LEBA in a lot of ways. So he'll be able to do a great job for us. Yeah, former Chair Todd Watson uh, had some other uh, life situations and, and going in a little different direction. So this was not a an issue within the, the leadership. He just had some opportunities to move forward in what he was doing. So. Exactly. You know, Todd had some, some good opportunities for him that uh, aligned with his passions and, and where he wants to be involved. So he was able to go do that. Uh, we were able to make a really smooth transition. So we were, we appreciate Todd's service to Leba and to the board. And we also uh, look forward to having Joe on our team and helping lead us through the rest of the year. Maybe some uh, one of these first weeks we can get in and find out more about Joe and bring him in as a guest. Absolutely. We'll get him out here. City and uh, county uh, all have uh, various boards and commissions that they count on to do certain things. There's a, there's a ton of them. Uh, I think that correct term is plethora of them but um and and they're always looking for interested uh parties to participate uh, can you give us kind of a rundown of, of the process and some of those boards and and how you uh, make known that you might be willing to serve well the process is pretty simple um if you go to the city's website lincoln.ne.gov you can search on their website for boards and commissions and there are all kinds of different boards and commissions. I was going to print them out to bring them in today, and it was like 60 pages. Uh, so I chose wow. not to do that. But there's all kinds of different things that, that people can apply for uh, through their interest areas, or maybe it's something they're passionate about in their free time, or maybe it's something professionally. And so, you know, they're right now they're looking for uh, folks to be on the Charter Revision Commission, uh, which takes a look at the city charter identifies ways that maybe we need to update our charter, brings those forward to the to the mayor and the city council, uh, just how the city operates on the charter. It's a four-year term, and they meet a couple times a year. So that's one opportunity. Um, it's a great way to engage more. There's, you know, one that we hear about a lot uh, with related to business issues is the planning commission, because there's a lot of subjects and items that go through the planning commission before they come to the city council and then they vote to advance it to the city council so it might be 
on buildings or zoning, different things like that. So it's a good way to get involved in the community. There's there's so many of them out there that I always encourage people, if you're looking for a way to get involved, you want to help our city, you want to do something to make a difference in our city, this is a great way to do it. And you can do this through the city's website, again, lincoln.ne.gov. Go on there, search boards and commissions. There's 50 or 60 of them, I think, on there. You can take a look at what they are, their terms, how often they meet, what their mission is, so to speak. And these are not uh, situations where you have to uh, run for office. This is not a political type thing. This is, gets reviewed by the commission, then uh, goes through an, an appointment process. So it's it's not as though you're out there running for the office. Yes, you don't have to hire a campaign manager or file with accountability and disclosure. Um, it's just an application that goes through the mayor's office, and then the mayor makes those appointments, and generally the council will adopt and approve those appointments. One of the things the uh, council and, and probably even some of the safety people uh, look at quite often are uh, international codes and national codes. There was one recently adopted, I understand, by the city on uh, fire codes um, that could be very costly for some businesses in Lincoln now that it's been adopted and if it's not either rescinded or revised in some way. I, I mean, we're talking possibly six figures or more for some of these businesses to retrofit a facility. Yeah. That seems a little uh, little high. It's a little high. And what, what it is, Mark, is it's related to the 2018 International Fire Code, which, real quickly... It's where alcoholic beverages are consumed in a group A2 occupancy. Having an occupant load of 300 or more, the fire area containing the, or the, the fire area containing the group A2 occupancy shall be equipped with an automatic sprinkler system in accordance with the, with the code. And what we found and what we've heard from some business owners in Lincoln is there's about seven facilities, I think, that got a letter from the uh, fire inspector which said you need to get us a plan and then you're going to have, I think they're going to give them about two years to implement this plan to put it in there. The thing about it is, is these are the social halls that are impacted, which would be someplace you might have a wedding reception or, you know, celebrate an anniversary or a graduation. And these facilities are looking at, like you said, a six figure investment just to put in a sprinkler system. And so as I've learned more about this, the first part is you have to have a separate water meter and water line just for the sprinkler system. So it can't be part of your uh, original facility. Yeah, so you can't just tap into your water line and, and put in a system. That's very costly in and of itself just to get started. Well, and then you've got another monthly bill. Yeah, so it's going to cost roughly $50,000 just to put in the water line, have the separate water meter, and it's got to be a bigger line because it's got to meet certain specifications. So 50000 up front, and then I've heard from businesses that these lines, there's a fee that goes along that that's about 500 bucks a month. That's just for the line to get to the building. That's not including installing the automatic sprinkler system which is going to put that bill, you know, up a up well over a hundred thousand dollars. And these are these are some staples in our community of places where people like to hold venue or hold events. And so, um, you know, it's it's really hard for them. 
But like the Cornhusker Social Hall up on 30th and Cornhusker, the Havelock Social Hall, Misty's has that facility up there in Havelock, the Park Center out there on Park Boulevard, the Royal Grove, a Lincoln, <laughs> talk about a Lincoln staple, um, Hillcrest Country Club, and then also at the Scottish Rite Building downtown. And that's a very old and, and ornate building that just went through a major renovation a year or two ago. Yeah, those. Are, I mean, so we've got some really big staples. The Scottish Rite's done a great job of renovating and turning that into a really great space for people to use. You know, some of these business owners that we've heard, they're looking at potentially closing their business because We're- of this specific reason, which we don't need because anybody that's had any friends or family get married knows that... You pick your wedding date, not so much on when you want to get married, but when the the church or the preacher or the wedding hall are available, and you have to get all three. So um, this, I think, is something that the city is going to have to take a look at. I've I've heard that the council is going to maybe look at uh, rescinding that adoption or modifying it or something to help these businesses because that's a a big haul, six figures. I, I know they have a couple years so I think that's something we'll hear more about in the coming weeks. Yeah, well, let's uh, yeah, let's stay on top of that. Another area that uh, a lot of people have taken advantage of and have come to enjoy and like, and that's uh, work from home. But there are some issues with work from home. I, I guess you'd call it what flexible work uh, options, things like that. Some places you just, in some jobs, you just can't do that. But many, you can. Um, there was an interesting article that uh, you shared with me about uh, the uh, working, uh, the well, I guess just the environment that that ends up existing within a business that normally had everybody there. Well, you know, during the pandemic, we saw some remote work opportunities that came about. People started taking advantage of those. What we've seen lately, and this is article in the Wall Street Journal last week, I thought was really good. It kind of, it talked about, you know, employers are now ready for people to come back to the office. And the employees are really digging in their heels because they like the flexibility. They like the ability to work from home. uh, Some of those types of advantages. And in this tight job market, there's really this, from an employee perspective, there's this philosophy of, well, if you're going to fire me, then, you know, I'll go find another job and you can spend, you know, a couple weeks worth of HR time training and finding and identifying my replacement. What we're going to see, I think, and the article alluded to it a little bit, was as the market shifts, and, you know, they we start to see maybe because of the economy, which we've talked about frequently, there may be some cuts in positions, tightening of belts, those things. What will happen then? And one of the one of the things that that I appreciated about the article was the talk about it wasn't just that the bosses or the employers wanted to have their thumb on their employees and standing over them all day. It's about the synergy that gets created when people come to work together and they build those relationships. And, you know, it even talked about how you learn relationship and in, in, I'll say dealing with other people who don't think the same way you do. 
and you build those relationships and yet you can come together even though you disagree on different things you can come together for the betterment of the mission and you develop that passion that culture from the mission and so uh the article quoted uh Jamie Diamond from JP Morgan Chase who wants his people back in the office and the employees have pushed back in an annual report uh he stated that uh People with ambition cannot lead from behind a desk or in front of a screen because you have to be able to walk in and talk to somebody and have that relationship so we can work together. They talked about the spirit of the mission and professionalism and and how some of those things evolve through this the synergy that comes home. So and and the the author of this article, Peggy Noonan is is her name. One of the things, and I'm going to read just a little bit out of this, it says, The primary location of daily integration in America, the coming together of all ages, religions, ethnicities, and political tendencies, all colors, classes, and conditions, has been, during the past century, the office. It's where you learn to negotiate relationships with people very different from you, where you discover what people with different experiences of life really think, you discern all this in the joke, the aside, the shared confidence, the rolled eyes. And with this variety, you manage to come together in a shared formal mission and get it done, whatever that mission may be. So we've talked about workforce on the, on the podcast recently. We've talked about the employer shortage. I think this is very timely to, to really think about these things, and I think we're going to see... We're going to have to see how this plays out and and how it comes together. And I think from a small business perspective, one of the things by having those people in the office is they stop at the coffee shop on their way into work. They, They go down the street and have lunch together at the sandwich shop. You know, they might stop and have a cocktail after work together. Those types of things are also some of the things in the way this affects small business. Fascinating information. I think it'll be good to watch. Peggy Noonan is uh, quite a uh, author. She does a lot of uh, opinion stuff for the Wall Street Journal. I, I really like the title of this was "The Lonely Office is Bad for America." And another part of it, she put it this way: "I don't want to see office life in America end. The decline in office life life is going to have an impact on the general atmosphere of the country. There's something demoralizing about all the empty offices. Something post greatness about them." All of the almost empty buildings in all the downtowns feels too much like a metaphor for decline. It really does. And, you know, if you drive around downtown Lincoln, you see that. You know, driving down O Street, you see just empty building after empty building. You see big, tall buildings where you don't see the hustle and bustle that you used to you used to see. So I, I, I just, I, I really appreciated the article. Uh, I think it's important for people to to think about those as we move forward and what's going to happen with our economy over the next several months. Well, as we've done on so many other of our podcasts, we do a deep dive, and we've got one coming up here in our next segment. We're going to look at fees. Fees from the city. See, I always find a way to put budget-type items into these things, Mark. So, <laughs> And you're so good at it, I tell you. In the meantime, if you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business, Currency is here to help. 
Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. Now, whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure and free to use, and it gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out an application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, doing business as currency, pursuant to CFL License 60DBO-54873. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back on LinkedIn Business Beat, uh, we've got a deep dive segment here that uh, made Bud smile when we talked about it a little bit early. And this one is on fees, and particularly fees that the city charges for various things. Uh, you've got quite a list here. Uh, these are sources of revenue for the city for some services. Uh, you may not realize they're all there. Let's let's get into it. Well, earlier this week, we had the testimony on the city's budget. They had the public comment period. And, you know, I was glad to see there were about 40 people showed up to testify because sometimes you won't see that many people show up. Um, and, and Leba obviously testified. And we believe in public safety and we really support that. And also, I encourage the council to consider restraint when you're looking at over a 7% budget increase uh, this year and another, I think, four or five next year. And one of the things that came out of this was Councilman McGinnis mentioned he had a lot of concerns about these fees that were being changed in the budget. And so we started to take a look at these. And and as I look at these fees, I, I think about how it impacts everyday Lincolnites, and it impacts small business. And it's really troublesome, to be quite honest, that they're putting all of these fees in. So the first one I'll just lead with, permits for body art businesses, permit fees for body art businesses will increase between from 5 to $15. That's an increase. Increase. Now, now this would be like a, a tattoo parlor. Yeah. I mean, we're tripling the fee. Come on. Is this, I mean, is this really the time to be doing that? Uh, food truck permit free fees are going to increase by five bucks. This is one that, that I, as I looked yeah. at it, I'm like, well, how does this affect us on a daily basis? And then I answered my own question pretty quickly. 
because uh, the landfill fees. So there's fees when someone goes and takes things to the landfill. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't go to the landfill that often. However, as I start to think about that, I think about the people that come once a week and pick up our trash. Those haulers are going to have increased fees, which means they're going to have to charge the consumer. So we've talked about inflation. We've talked about all the costs going up in our everyday life. And so this fee is going to go up by $1.40 a ton. And then uh, another $1.45, it's going to go up $1.40 per ton beginning in 2023 and another $1.45 in 2024. But that's then, just the landfill fees. That's just the landfill fees. For for those haulers. So, And then the occupation tax that the haulers have to pay is going to increase by $0.90 cents per ton. So we're looking at some fees, and, you know, at some point when a business incurs more expense and more cost, the consumer pays the bill, right? Right. And so... I just I keep going back to the thing we keep talking about is everyday items are going to go up. Groceries, you know, sandwich. We talked about sandwich meat and eggs and milk and all that stuff last week. The water fees and wastewater fees are going to be increasing. And I was talking to someone the other day that had looked at this, and they said, like, in the last 10 years, those water fees have gone up by about 60%. We, we keep raising those fees. Now, I understand water's pretty big necessity to everyday life, all of those things. At the same time, I go back to what I said at the council earlier this week. we got to show some restraint here. And it feels like with all these fees, and we're maybe halfway through the list <laughs> so far, not even, with all these fees i got to ask the city, why aren't you just tightening your belt? Do we really have to do that? And I appreciated uh, there was an article earlier this week after Councilman McGinnis questioned this. And he says, I hope the public will look at the fee increases the mayor is proposing in the budget. They need to examine those a little closer. And then do the departments really need this increase? And I think the innuendo at the end of that comment from Councilman McGinnis was, why aren't we looking at these? Do we really need it, or are we just doing it because we we can? And and that's the part where we continue to ask government to restrain themselves. So it's it's really crazy, Mark. Well, this is, uh, and I don't think a lot of people probably realize, but you know, if if you're a renter and your landlord happens to pay the water and and sewer bill, uh, those fees are ultimately going to be tacked into your rental rates. I mean, it's all going to come down. Uh, it's it's like a it's a pass through. Yeah, has it, to, it has to be. It really is, and you know the the cost of doing business ultimately the consumer pays. Right when when the cost of bread goes up, the grocery store pays more. Then we pay more. When property taxes go up, those businesses pay more. We pay more. And I think we even mentioned it in the past. There are rental property owners that are having a conversation about. Um, charging the tenants every year a pro rata share of the property tax. Because that's kind of been built into the rent in the past. And in the commercial world, we understand that. They call those triple net leases where, you know, you pay your your share. It's something new in the residential market. So 
again, all these fees and things that we pay from the city are also gonna um, are also gonna change. There's so. also fees though for other things. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you have to apply for some type of a permit, there's even a fee now. Oh, there's and, permit fees everywhere. There's, you know. The builders and, and those who are trying to help develop our city, grow our city, which helps grow our tax base, they're experiencing the same thing. And the permit fees keep going up. And, and just everywhere we turn, when we have to engage with government, there's there's another fee that we have to pay. Yeah, I, I remember one. Uh, I was working uh, part of the as part of the kitchen crew, if you will, out at uh, the Shrine Center. And in order to even be a dishwasher out there, I had to have a food handler's permit and pay the fee to to get that so i remember the days of those uh, yeah. yes. so, but these aren't all the uh, fee increases that are proposed uh, there, there's even some within uh, what the the health areas and the health code fee uh, increases I, I mean i'm amazed at these numbers <laughs> well you know recycling and composting operations six hundred dollars uh the lincoln lancaster county air pollution control regulations Fifty-five over fifty-five thousand. These are that's the increase. Yeah, these are increases. The body art establishments three thousand dollars. The child care program fifteen hundred. You know, it just goes on and on. Solid waste projected revenue seven thousand dollars. Water wells ten thousand dollars. Wastewater treatment two thousand dollars. You know, regulation of property transfers. Another two thousand dollars regulations for illicit discharge is sixty five hundred. So we're talking about a biennium budget, but again, that restraint during times that are difficult for the citizens is is what we're not seeing. And we realize that there's a lot of things that go up in cost of doing business for for the city and our government entities, the political subdivisions, as I call them. At the same time, it's important for them to understand what everyday people are going through as well. And that's where I go back to. I made the comment where, you know, with these fees, you know, I don't know that the question is, do we really need them? It's just, well, we can just take them. And it's the same thing we see year after year. And so we're asking our government and our local entities to stand up and say, no, we need to we need to tighten our belt. We need to show some restraint. 7% 7% budget increase plus another 4.2 the second year, the biennium. That's a big number when we're looking at the things that we're looking at for everyday Lincolnites. It is, and uh, I think the other thing that it, it's it's not sneaky, it's not uh, no sleight of hand, but we don't really consider the revenue, the total revenue picture that a governmental agency like the city or the county takes in. We we think of the uh, the city as... You know they're they're taxing. They get a certain portion of the property taxes and and things like that, but they also get sales tax and and different things. But when you look at the total revenue that is ultimately passed on to the end users, there are a lot of sources of revenue that we don't really consider, and fees are one of them. And it's a significant amount of money. Well, and we see our property taxes when we get our property tax bill every year. We have to write that check. The fees sometimes are hidden in a lot of different ways. You know, we've talked about franchise fees. We've talked about dividends from LES. All these fees, and, and these are fees, like I said, you don't go to the, you and I probably don't go to the landfill, but once every couple of years, maybe, uh, I if that. I, yeah, I haven't gone in eight years. I don't know, in 10 years, in the last 10 years, if I've gone to the landfill. 
those fees are still going to hit us. And so we talked earlier in the podcast about those boards and commissions, and we've talked frequently about engaging with our elected representatives. These are the reasons why it's important to pay attention, and I hope uh, people will learn more about these fees and really go out and question their council members. You can email the entire city council simply by emailing councilpacket at lincoln.ne.gov, and every council member gets that email. It's important that we represent ourselves and talk to them and ask them for restraint. Wow. Deep dive into a deep subject. <laughs> You're really good at this. You know that? So. One of these days we're going to throw the audience a curveball and we're going to do a deep dive on something other than budgets and fees and, 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 and uh, number-related accounting things. Well, this, this goes to a, a term that... Uh, Really, we hear a lot in in newscasts. We hear it from a lot of politicians, and it's one that absolutely just grinds on me. And so I'm I'm going to get on my soapbox here because I want to get a little bit of your ra- reaction. And that is uh, when politicians or, or media refer to corporations, basically business, needs to pay more taxes or their fair share. And what I, I try to be very calm about it, but I try to point out that corporations and businesses do not pay taxes. They simply collect and remit the taxes that are paid by whoever buys the product or service. It's always the end user that pays all of the taxes for every business, every person. Through the whole supply chain, it all comes up to that end price of the product or service. When I hear that statement, I usually just think, man, that person has their head buried so far in the sand they don't even know what the real world is like. It, and it's difficult because you're right, Mark. You hit the nail on the head. When a fee goes up, when taxes go up, we got a lot of great, generous business owners. At the end of the day, they got to meet their payrolls. They got to pay their expenses. And like I said earlier, the end user is the one that always pays. So when government wants to raise those taxes on what they call big corporations or companies or businesses or, you know, they want to penalize business for their success just so that they can fund their pet projects. And I, I don't know many politicians that could make it in the real world of business because they don't understand what it means to write your name at the bottom of a pay, uh, bottom of a check and not on the back of a check. Ooh. That's a good one. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Will do. Any of the uh, other LIBA news? Uh, I know you've got. Uh, we've got the annual, or the not the annual, the monthly luncheon coming up in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to hear some uh, some good information about some potential growth. There's uh, there's been a lot of talk in Lincoln um, about a convention center, and you know one of the questions is, do we need a convention center? Isn't that what the arena is? And my response is, the arena is a great facility if you want to have a concert or a big monster truck rally or something like that. With this convention center, what it does is it allows us to bring in national groups who are going to have breakout rooms and, you know, bring 500 to 1,000 people for a lot of different things, and it keeps them in an area. And we just don't quite have that. So we're going to hear more about what that looks like and the areas that they're looking like in Lincoln. Um, and that is going to be actually on the 16th of August, as I'm looking at the calendar yes. to verify. Yes, yes, August 16th at the Grand Mans. And uh, 
I would imagine, as usual, that will be uh, the presentations, which are going to be by Jeff Mall with the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau and with uh, Dr. Randy Bretz, who uh, is uh, on that uh, is it a task force? Kind of a force? committee task force. They've done a feasibility study, yeah. so we're going to learn more so, about that. Uh, but I'm sure that'll be a Facebook live streamed, and then you can check it out because I'm looking for some interesting comments there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to stream our lunches on Facebook Live so people can see them or even be able to watch them after the fact. So it, it's good information. It's a good way to come out and learn more about what's happening in the community. And Aliba, of course, ready to uh, help small businesses at any point in time. Yes, sir. For 40 years, we've been over 40 years, we've been the, the voice of small business to help educate business owners and stand up for business owners. That's why we were at the city council this week talking about the budget. Well, glad to uh, have another chance to uh, get together, bud, another deep dive. And, you know, I'm going to get used to this one of these first days. We look forward to coming back next week with more information for our listeners. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vale. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.